Play the fucking track! Play that fucking track! Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the official return of the Stephen Mike Show. My name is Mike Larkin, and joining me as always, it has been a long time, it reunited, and it feels so good. My homie G, the one and only Mr. Stephen Nicks. Homie, we are back. Is It is so good to be back, Mike Larkin. Um, you know, we were away for a while. You know, if anyone is still left out there of our, of our fans, we... Uh, we apologize for the long wait. Um, you know, some th- some life things happened that kind of got in the way of our ability to be doing these shows. We wish we could have brought them to you throughout the entire month since July of last year. But we're back. We're here now. And um, I love it. Do you, I mean, you know, do you, is there anything you want to like give an update on or anything? Like, is there anything you want to say to the, to anyone who might be listening out there, absolutely was absolutely. there before. Yes, absolutely. So for those who are unaware with what we do, uh, we do the Stephen Mike Show. You're going to get our banter, our laughter, our, what we've done pretty much outside and behind the microphone for the past 14 years, if you will, for ever since 2008 when you and I became best friends and where we are today in the year 2022. Uh, for me, it's just you get the Stephen Mike Show. You get the Stevie Nicks Hockey Experience. You get pop culture talk. You get a lot respectively between us separately and together. And that's what makes us who we are. And it's one of those things for me is I'll be completely honest with you guys, man, towards late 2020, I was in a bad way. I started mixing hydroxy cuts and mixed them with my epilepsy medication. And I was in a bad way. I was very suicidal. I was planning out wanting to die thoughts of suicide, just imminent thoughts of just wanting to die. And I was not myself. I was not kind. I was very angry. I was very upset. And I really, really, really did not want to live. But through everything that I've been through from 2021 to 2022, because mixed with everything that I was going through, my mom was diagnosed with inflammatory breast cancer. And um, I'll be honest with you, that rocked me very, very hard. I think when you see as a child, you know, your mom is, is your hero. She's a superhero. She can, she does everything for you. She raises you. She She's done so much for me. And just seeing my mom like that and just thinking, man, you know, she, she comes home from the doctor and then she has a lump on her chest. And then we find out it's cancerous. And I'm like, my world was crashing down. I wish to God that it was me and not her because, you know, you, you know, cancer is horrible. It's tragic. It's horrific. And I can tell you this right now, watching her go through chemo. This is what kind of got me out of my way. It's just like, you know, because seeing her go through it, it was tough. It was rough. But God dang, she's strong and she gives me strength and she's my hero. And about excuse me, about a month or two um, ago, my mom had successful surgery at uh, MUSC, the Medical University of South Carolina in Charleston. And um, <sighs> about a month, about a month ago, uh, we found out that she is now cancer free. 
and we are moving onward and upward. So my tale is just me going through some personal struggles and me cursing God and just getting right back with my faith and getting right back to what I want to do. Cause there was a lot of people that could help you. And I can say this right now, you don't want help because you feel embarrassed, but admitting and talking about your problems, being open with yourself and being open with your people that makes you stronger, man. And I also look at it from a stance too, as well. I've been super blessed to do what I got to do in podcasting, but just in life, being a friend, being a son and just, through everything, man, you just really realize as you get older, I'm 30 years old now, you realize the impact you have on people's lives and how important your existence and your life is. So I say this with the utmost sincerity and respect. Thank you all for being with me. And I got to thank you, homie, for just being by my side always. And I'm really, really, truly blessed. And I'm truly grateful to just keep moving forward with my life and just keep on keeping on what I'm doing and podcasting, ring announcing and just, you know, just doing what Mike Larkin does. And that's continue to stay on the grind and continue to uh, create more moments and memories as we all show. So I know that was a little bit longer than what I wanted, but God dang, man, it feels good to be back. And I'm very, very happy. And I'm very blessed. No, you know what? That was, that was fantastic. Mike Larkin. That was, I love that. That was, that was great. You had a lot to get off your chest, man. You know, that's understandable. And you know, how about a, a round of applause for your mom, man. Yeah. That woman is a fucking a freaking trooper, man. Like, she really is just, she was so strong through all this. And, and you know, she went through a lot. And, you know, I, I know that. And I know you know that. And, you know, she she's a survivor, man. She can really, you know, truly say that, that she's a survivor because she really is a strong lady, man. And I got to say, she's like the sweetest most wonderful person that I've like ever met. Like she took you and you know, she took me into her home mm-hmm. and always treated me like a son. Every time I come over your house, I'm treated like a son and she's so good to me. And it is just, I'm so happy that she's doing well because I was up here helpless being worried and thinking about you guys and, you know, a round of applause for you too, Michael. You, you know, you and your dad, because you know what? The one of the reasons she got through this too was because of you guys, because she had the support of you guys. And it was amazing to see like when this happened, both both of you guys, you guys kind of hunkered down and like came together as a family and it, and it like almost it was like it was making you stronger because you're in the face of such adversity and you're refusing to let it beat you. And that, I thought that was a really amazing, beautiful thing that you guys did. You were so strong for her, and, and you know you're a rock for her. My like, like I know that she depends on you a lot, and she loves you, and she's just a great lady. And I'm so happy. I'm so happy for you guys, man. I just I love you guys. I love you too, man. And and here's the thing too. Like my dad was going through it too. My dad didn't do it, but he had like thoughts of it as well. And I mean. For my dad, and I'll be honest with you, I love my dad. My dad can be verbally abusive, and that also has made me just, like, felt worthless and same. He's done it to my mom as well, but that's stuff that goes on. And, I mean, you, you have your thing with your dad. I have thing with my dad. But the thing with my dad that I always love and respect him, God dang, he's a hard worker. My mom's a hard worker. But I think through this time as well, he was there through everything because I'll be honest with you, man, like all – and I'll tell this to anybody. It's tough. When you're going through chemo, you're nauseous, you're constantly throwing up, and it's hard to watch And because my mom mom couldn't eat anything like she couldn't keep a lot of stuff down like my mom through that entire time dog you should have seen it we were stocked up on soup like all my mom could really eat was soup and like popsicles like we had the popsicles inside the um 
So I remember my mom couldn't hardly eat anything. Like all it was was popsicles and soup. Like I remember when I was trying to work because I work, I telework, I work from home. It was it's it was hard to do because like through chemo, a lot of people don't realize like the anxiety. Like she didn't want to be alone. She was like she was just like constantly scared. And I'm like I'm I'm right in the room. I'll come out. It was just it, it was hard. Like because it, you you're going through something that's so tragic. You know you're losing your. It, it's all I, all I can really say is like I didn't see it when my grandfather had it when he had lung cancer back in a one because I was too young. You know, I was nine i was nine to put some hilarity <laughs> but dude it's it's one of those things and i i i'm i i'm so blessed but i'm also i feel for everybody who's gone through this stuff because you never know like when i was a teenager like i didn't go through a lot because my grandmother had breast cancer but i wasn't there when she had it like a many years many many years before i was born like she had it for a second time in 08 and i remember being with her like she was losing her hair and she was doing the nine that you go through through chemo my grandmother survived that so i mean now, now my mom has it. It's like, God dang, man, you just realize just how blessed you are and how really you, you never know what could happen in life. Like you want yourself to like, but it's like, man, what are you doing? You got to be here for your parents. You got to be here for your loved ones. And that stuff comes. And what I always try to tell people is we have that ability to inspire with our words and our actions. And I mean, we only have one life. Just continue to live it. You know what I'm saying? You don't realize how like the little intricacies and life are so important and the moments and memories that are yet to be created. So I say with anybody, if you need somebody to talk to as someone who's experienced in his own right. And uh, I always say this, like my DMS are always open. I'm always happy to talk. And I'll, I'll be honest with you. I know we're jumping all over the place, but God dang, man. Like I was so embarrassed when I was going through my stuff, like you're my best friend and you've gone through your issues as well. But I'm like, God dang, I didn't want to see him. I didn't want you to see me like this because I think for you, like you see me as being this positive figure. I'm so happy. And I mean, God dang, man, you, you've been with me through everything. And I'd be honest, I apologize for not coming to you first about it, but I would just, I was so embarrassed. And I, I knew at times that I could try to kick out of it, but I, I couldn't, I knew what I was doing was wrong, but I just, I couldn't help myself. I couldn't stop. So I got to say thank you for, even though you didn't even realize it, but I got to thank you because you were one of the many reasons why I stopped. Well, my luck and I, you know, you know, I'm always here for you, Don. You know that I will always, always be here for you no matter what. I know we're getting, we're, we're, we're starting back up with the deep feels. I realize that, but uh, there's a lot of pent up things that, <laughs> that happened in our, in our year plus hiatus, but, um, like you, you and it's important it's important that you look out for your friends the true friends that you have in in your life and and uh so i guess i guess we're doing half motivational speaking today as well as podcasting well, um <laughs> we've, we've gone through it's been a rough year man no, i know i know we got up this is venting i i i get it yeah i'm i'm with you um like what was i saying now like you got to be there for your friends. You got to be there for your friends because you got to take care of each other. If you really value the relationship that you, you're in and that you have, like, you know, you, you got to be there for your buddies and for your friends because that's what friendship is. Friendship is not the easy times. And, and when it comes right down to it, it's the hard times. It's the hard times that make real, it's the hard times that make any relationship really. It's not the easy times when the water is nice and calm and smooth. It's when it's when the the water gets rough, the ocean gets rough and the boat starts rocking. That's when all relationships get tested and that's when you know who the true people in your life are. When you go through adversity like that. And I know that from firsthand experience too. And, and you know what, Mike Larkin, you're one of the people who helped me realize that. You're one of the people who helped me realize what a real friendship looked like. And I'm so thankful for you too, dog, because 
you know, I when I was in my bad place, you helped me get out of that too. You showed me what real friendship was. I was just out of high school, and you know all the crap I was going through then, and um, you know, just you being there for me, you know, showed me that I was I was not in some good relationships. I was not surrounding myself with the best people all the time, and that I needed to improve my life. And and some of that started with just you, you know, it just it just happened like that. Right. And you know what it is, too? And a lot of people don't realize, like, that's a lot of the bullshit that you go through is like you're not surrounding yourself with the right people. And I can tell you the one of the things that I, I've really, truly learned is and I mean, this is 30 years going. You never stop learning. But it's like, God dang, man, sometimes you got to bet on yourself. And if you're in a spot where you feel like, you know what, fuck this, you know, you got to leave. You know what I'm saying? As much as it you don't want to, you have to. And it's better for your environment. And it's better for your sanity. And I can say this like truly as well, like podcasting became like a burnout for me. Like I was taking on too much and I know, and that's why I'm like pacing myself now and doing this with you and doing what I do with LFC and stuff and still doing my thing. But I really need to pace myself because I mean, when you're young, you think you could take on the world, right? You keep, you keep going and going and going like you're the goddamn energizer bunny. But as you get older, it's like, Whoa, you know what I'm saying? Like you have your limitations and I've found my limitations on how I want to do this and how I want to continue to learn and do what I want to do. Like there's a goal that I want to obtain. And like, there's a goal I want to just continue to do, man. And I mean, if I could do it, I'm very blessed. But if not, you know, you, at least I could say I can try. But there's some things that I want to accomplish and there's some things I want to continue more for my foreseeable future. So that really woke me up. And I'm going to tell you right now, because this also ties in everything. You want to hear the story of how I almost missed my flight for my first LFC ring announcing gig? Because that also that's a story and a half. Did you, I never told I don't you know that story. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. I don't know that story. Okay, so when I this is also what saved me because the folks at LFC besides yourself, they were there for me through the time as well. And they checked in on me and I truly appreciate LFC for that. So we we had an event in October in Vegas. It was LFC 35. So my dad was with me. We took the connecting flights. So we went from Myrtle Beach to Charlotte. Well, they, they were transferring, you know, the bag to Las Vegas. Well, the, the, the flight to Las Vegas was canceled. So we were stuck in Charlotte and my medicine my for my epilepsy and everything that my my suit and everything was in my bag and my bag was going to Vegas, but we were not. So we stayed in Charlotte close to the airport. I th- so I thought to myself, oh, shit. I'm booked to ring announce and you, you almost had, I didn't have a ring announcer. So I, we stayed in Charlotte. We went up to the local CVS, got my meds and got everything set up and situated. Then we took the first early flight out to Las Vegas. And thankfully, because we went by baggage claim, we explained the situation. My bag was there and everything went smoothly for the rest of the evening. But I was this close to not ring announcing because the goddamn flight got canceled. It wasn't due to weather. I don't think they had enough people working on the plane. I forgot what it was, but God dang, man, I was this close to not making it. But I did. And uh, yeah, that was just it was a frantic pace because, number one, I had my medicine in there, man. I had epilepsy medicine I had to take. So, oh, it was it was uh, uh, seizure. Sound. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was <laughs> it was pretty close to uh, not happening, but I'm glad it did because that was another thing that helped me keep my sanity and I, just entertaining, man. That's what we do with this show is we entertain people and we get to like bring people into our lives and showcase what's going on. So the bottom line to everything is there's a lot of stuff that happens there is a silver lining if you will and i say to anybody if you feel like you have an issue or you feel like you have a problem please talk to someone whether it be a friend what have you i talked to my doctor i've talked to my doctor because a lot of people i'll say this from a neurological standpoint it's like therapy but it's not when you 
I never let epilepsy define me, right? And I'll tell you a bit about my epilepsy. So we all get through anxiety through that because when you're constantly on pills, and I know you're on your pills for your stuff as well, it's it's fucking depressing, but also at the same time, it's good because, you know, it keeps you from not having seizures and stuff on my end. But it's like, man, I don't want to take these pills because, you know, I feel tired and stuff. So that's just like a lot of people get anxiety from that. And, and I'll be honest, I never let it define me. It's something I have, but it's not who I am. But there's at times where I'll have that anxiety. And I was going through it really, really bad in 2020 and the early 2021. So that was another key factor. But I mean. You know, actually, I thank your dad for this as well, because I know, again, jumping all over the place. But I remember when we went to Philly, like your dad was always on me about, you know, taking my medicine and stuff. And we had some fun going to those Mets games, man. So I got to thank your dad uh-huh. there too. Yep. Yeah. When you uh, when you pretended to sleep in the hotel room, but were really looking right at me the entire First time. First of all, I was asleep, man. I don't recall. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. How yeah. do you know? Bullshit. Yeah. Bullshit. How do you know? I'm blind, but I'm not that blind. You sure about that? You sure about the five minutes? (laughs) (laughs) I have been mistaken. I'll I'll tell you what, my cousin Vinny, I'm not crazy about the movie, but you know what? You gotta you gotta give credit where credit is due. That is a really quotable movie. Absolutely. That is a really quotable movie. Almost every line is like quotable in that. It's like the like, wedding singer. It's like the wedding singer. No, the wedding singer, every there is not, it is one of the most perfect comedies of all time because there is not an ounce of fat on that script. Every single line isn't just brilliant and funny. It, every single line advances the story. Every scene goes into the next scene. Everything that becomes a loose end in the first act it's tied up in the third act there is not no wasted time no wasted scene everything is building to the next thing is building it. even the jokes build to something they're part of the story that is a as perfect of a comedic movie as you will ever see it's one of the many reasons why it's one of our favorites one of my favorites absolutely because it's just it's just a perfectly written film and when, as we've always talked about with this show, it's when Adam Sandler was uh, making good movies and, you know, he wasn't like making like Jack and Jill and all these crappy ass movies that were later to come. It's when he gave a crap. Right. It's when he cared about his craft. And uh, since like 2006 or seven or whatever, like his movies have just been an excuse to go on vacation with his buddies for a couple months. You know, like that's all it is now. It's like he is not. He's not putting his heart and soul into it anymore. He doesn't care. He's just collecting the paycheck and going to the exotic locations. It's like it's, you know, it's there's just not a whole lot of incentive for him to actually work anymore. So you know, this is what you get. I mean, I mean, you got to see one of his great movies in the theaters, Grown Ups. So, I mean, you got to see that experience. Yeah, you know what? Thanks for that, Mike Larkin. You uh, sob, <laughs> Mister. Uh, I paid you on the loudspeaker. Paid Michael Larkin. Theater. Paging Mike Larkin. Paging. <laughs> you freak! I called you. You didn't answer. You freaking just you ghosted me. You were nowhere to be found. And then later on, I find out that uh, Rumpelstiltskin over here falls asleep on his big white couch. Big comfy couch. Yeah, big comfy couch. Yeah, I mean he was passed out, and so he couldn't bother to to see his friend, even though they made the. Uh, the time and 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 the the date for for the movie, 
he said he would be there, but, you know, I guess sleeping was more important to him. So, you know, I was stuck freaking watching with my mom and my sister the uh, <laughs> wonderful crap fest that was uh, Grown Ups. Grown Ups. It was terrible. It was Just, such uh, a, a comedic abomination. Okay, what was worse, that or Paul Blart Mall Cop? I mean, they're both Kevin James movies. Like, is that like... It's both. They're both like they're both. They're both crap. Like, oh, you hated that. Did you see that in the theaters too, or did you get that? Oh, yes, I saw Paul Blart Mall Cop in the theater with my mom, and I vowed that night as I was leaving the theater that if I ever met Kevin James, the first thing that I would do would be to demand my twenty dollars back for that absolute abortion of a movie. That was the most disgusting, vile thing. One of the most disgusting, vile things I've ever seen on screen. It was just that disgustingly bad. Ugh. It was so unfunny. It was painful. It was cringeworthy. It was it was hard to watch. Uh, I've been there. Like when 2002, like to the 2003, four time period, like when my dad would, and I would go to Pat Chog or we would go to Islip Theater, like. You and I love the master disguise for Jennifer Esposito and, you know, your turtle, turtles, or my little turtle enough for the turtle club. But the movie was the shits. Like, I remember watching it in the Islip Theater. It was the shits. And then remember around that time, we saw, uh, I think my dad took me to see the tuxedo with Jackie Chan, uh, Johnny English, which was horrible. There was a lot of bad movies around that time. That came out. Oh, my God. Was it wasn't Jillian Anderson and Johnny English, though? Who? Julian Anderson, Scully. Yes. Yep. Yep. One of my faves. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I think I saw, I think I saw, um, I think I saw Master of Disguise in Patro. I saw that in the theater, too. That was like, I was very disappointed there. But I'll tell you what, the one other movie that was probably as bad as Paul Watt Mall Club was, do you remember um, Hamlet 2? <sighs> what was the name of it? Hamlet 2. It's uh, oh. Steve. Steve Coogan is in it. Uh, Carolyn Keener. It was. It was. It was. Oh my God! Is that is it a bad movie? Oh my God! It is terrible. Okay, and I'm, the name sounds familiar. Obviously Hamlet, but yeah, no, I've never seen Hamlet too. No Hamlet too. They they just it's it's just, it's, a, it's a dumb movie. It's a, just a dumb. The whole thing is just dumb. Uh, well, for me, and, good. And I I saw that in the theater, and that was just it was just painful painful experience. I saw that. In, at Saville. I don't even think it's around. I don't think it's around anymore, the Saville theater, right? I, I will no, and I will top you on that, my friend. I will top oh, you on that, my best friend. Okay. The- Go ahead and try. 2004, Quorum. Yes, people. Quorum, New York. Movie Land. For those that remember Movie Land back in the day in Quorum, which is such a shitty fucking theater. I saw the day after tomorrow in that movie theater. Oh my god, that was Oh my god, that was actually a really dumb movie. It was but ridiculous. Everybody thought it was like people thought it was like really good too. Like no, people, people thought people thought like oh my god, it's a summer blockbuster. It's so oh my god, it's unbelievable. It was like look how amazing the production value is. Like no, this is crap. This is this is just it's like they were like South Park did it so good too. Like South Park does everything so good. But it was like they were. Global warming was like a monster in the movie. Like they were running away from like global warming as if it was a thing that could like come get them or something. Like what a that is the dumbest thing that I've like ever seen for like a a sci-fi environmental like movie like that. Like what a dumb concept that global warming 
think is almost like this sentient force that's going to come for you. It's like the boogeyman. Global warming is going to find you. Everybody hunkered down in the library and burn the books because global warming is going to find you and, and snatch you and freeze you to death. Ugh, and there, there's a follow-up to this. So I remember, so East Islip Middle School, as it was known then, because you know, we had just switched from the Islip Terrace Junior High School to the East Islip Middle School. Um, I We actually watched that in science class, Mr. Ruggiero's science class. We watched The Day After Tomorrow, and it was terrible. Even I, I'll tell you what, I, we watched some dumb movies in school. In yes, we did. We watched, watched Super Size Me. That was a clock. Oh, was, God. Don't get me started on that. Like we've we'll we've watched some very bad movies in school. Let's like, talk. No, let's talk about that. Because the first time I saw it was health class. Mrs. Gray. The year was two thousand and five. Uh, played that. It was ridiculous. And then we watched it again, and like I think with Mr. Marino in living environment or one of those classes for science again. And yeah, it, it was bad. Like I remember seeing it twice, once in high school and once in middle school. And then just seeing it again, like if you look at it from where it was in 2004 and then now it just sucks. And then he did one about KFC, Morgan Spurlock, that is. And it was even worse. It's just, he just, he it's filled with like lies and like inaccuracies. And like he only did that documentary so he could piggyback on like a lawsuit that they were about to do against McDonald's. Yes, yes. All the fast food companies like that. That was why he did it. Like it wasn't motivated to like by ed- by a desire to like educate the masses. It was it was motivated by greed, money. He's lying to you because he's trying to get money. Like that whole it was a whole the whole thing was a crack. Like they started it where it's like he was one hundred eighty five pounds, and then you, he goes hard in the paint. Like the first whatever day it was like having a double quarter pounder with cheese and supersizing every meal, McDonald's breakfast, lunch, and dinner. They brought in these experts, whatever. And the girlfriend's trying to talk him out of it, you know, with the vegan shit. And then friggin' just like at the end of the movie, you find out like after eating this. So the exemplary tale of the movie is he goes from 185 to 210. So after eating McDonald's for 30 days, he has gained 25 pounds. And like, it was, it was such a crime because my luggage, he, the books that he was showing, like the, the logs that he was showing, yeah. were not honest. He was lying about what he was eating the entire time. It's not actually what he ate. They lie in the documentary repeatedly about what he gets at his meals each day. Yep. And like the books like he was he was like manufacturing these things. And it was like and he was making like he was like 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 sick and like was like had was like Oh, going up in, in the middle of the night. It's like, dude, like, how sick are you? You're setting up a freaking camera and you're lighting it. And like, hold on, hold on. you are really sick. Uh, Wait, I got to I got to follow up that. This man <laughs> is literally it's like three in the morning and I got chest pains and he's got the mic on him, by the way. You're the shirt off. Yes. I, I got I got, yes. I got chest pains. Uh, I got this tingling in my hands. Uh, I got this got this feeling in my penis where it's, it's tingling. I'm like, then go to the bathroom, asshole! You just drink fucking how much shit of fucking soda? Go take a piss, you son of a bitch! Go to the bathroom, Morgan. Uh, I, I feel horrible. Uh, I'm getting kind of queasy, and I'm like, dude, like, come on, man! You got the mic all set up under your shirtless, you. Urgh. And like the whole thing was just like so stupid because like he's making like like. Like the fast food chains are like predatory, you know, like, like, like forcing people to like eat their stuff. Like, like, listen, 
everybody is capable of making choices. Okay, like right. you can choose to not go to McDonald's. You can choose to not go to KFC. You can choose to not go to Wendy's. Like every, all of these things are choices. Like, how can you just like you know? It's a it's, it's so like, so many ways that people use cop outs, but it's a cop out to say that I don't have any agency over the things that I put in my mouth. It's the it's the corporation's fault that I'm fat. Like you well, don't how stupid is that? You don't have to eat it. Like I'll be honest, I hardly eat Taco Bell anymore. And I love I love Taco Bell, but I don't eat it as hardly as I used to. Like I love me some some T Bell too. I know, I know. And the thing too is like I eat a lot of Chinese now. Like the local Chinese food place over here is great. Like the Chinese food is nice and fresh. And I mean I'll have pizza, you know, I like pizza. I'll have Chinese or I'll have like a sandwich, but I don't eat like a lot of what I used to. <laughs> you know what I'm, I'm, I'm so happy you're eating more Chinese food, Mark. It's good that you're getting in touch with your ancestry. It's why I'm, I think that's fantastic. Shut the fuck up. So it's, great to, it's great to, it's, you know, it's great to do other stuff and really use portion control and better. Shut the fuck up. It's better to, it's, as I was saying, it's better to you know, use portion control and really eat, you know, like properly and get yourself, you know, good, if you will. Mind you, I'm I'm not as what I used to be, but I can I can stand to lose some pounds. We all can. But the thing is really about like portioning yourself. It's like when they're asking the guy, what's your main thing? And the dude just probably goes, Taco Bell. Taco Bell. And he was like really happy when he's interviewed all these people of what they eat in their um fast food of choice. And also the fact that the guy's like, I don't give a damn what calories are. If I'm hungry, you know, that's it. I'm going to eat it. And I'm like, okay, good for you, buddy. With the guy with the My garden, that's I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this. I need you to not say a goddamn word yeah, go ahead. because I know what you're going to say as soon as I say it. Okay. And I'm going to need you to just keep your goddamn mouth shut. Okay, yeah. Mike Larkin, because I'm going to tell you this and I need you to not be Judgment. You know, talk, ju talking. I need you to not be talking. I have not one now, but two Taco Bell shirts now, Mike Larkin. I had, I got, I have a Taco Bell shirt I got at Target, and I have another one I had custom made by uh, one of Taylor, one of my staff, for my grad party. I had my graduation party finally uh, in July, which I was trying to get you to come up to because uh, I was worried about you and your. Uh, your sanity, but uh, you were still there, my buck. You uh, you made the slideshow, my buck, and then uh, my family, my all my family knows you very well now. So uh, you should be you should be very happy with that. But um, yeah. So my buck, yeah. I, Hold on. I, just I, oh, whoa, whoa, stop! <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> the slideshow. Trying to act like I'm a homosexual. Stop it. Like you, 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 you did. You said it all the time. You gotta stop. Say that you did. I know. I know you. You do what I'm talking. About. <laughs> so you know. All I said was I put you in the slideshow. There's nothing I said about being gay. You know what it is? It's the implications. It's the implications. <laughs> What's implications mean? We are no longer friends. Why? Why? <laughs> so, all right, continue, and I won't say a goddamn word. The two Taco Bell shirts. Go ahead. I'm sorry. And the uh, the one shirt I had for my grad party because I had the grad party and uh, you know, I was trying to get you. I was worried about you, my fucking. I was worried about your uh, your sanity and all, all right, that. Keep, and, going. keep going. But um, so that had all my like favorite things like represented like on the shirt, my Larkin. But the hat was custom too. It was for my band. But the shirt was Taco Bell, uh, cannabis, okay, classic video games, okay, hentai. Have you ever heard of hentai, my Larkin? Yes. And uh, Taco Bell. Yeah, it's Taco. 
called hentai, and it's a, oh. and uh, and so Taco Bell was on that shit. Those are like some of my favorite things. Okay, and, uh, that's what that shirt was, and uh, yeah, it was a that was a really amazing night. But uh, but yeah, but Mike Larkin, I know what you're gonna say. It's like, a, of course you would have two Taco Bell shirts. You you got the buns and duck. You like the you got that big belly. Like all that stuff, because I'm skinny fat, and you like to. You like to make fun of the fact that I'm skinny fat, but you know what, Mike Larkin? Uh... No, I wasn't even going to say that, but okay. What were you going to say? What were you going to say? Well, two things I was going to say is, number one, that doesn't shock me. I knew you were going to say something like that. <laughs> and, and number two, the other thing I was going to say is, because you're talking about Taco Bell. Oh, put my beef in your taco! <laughs> I thought you were going to do the Taco Bell, Taco All Bell. All right, hold on. Oh, well, hold on. You got to do it right if you're going to do it right. It's beef. Taco Bell, Taco Bell, friendly neighborhood Taco Bell, tastiest burritos, tacos, yum, yum, yum. Hey there, there goes the Taco Bell in the heat of the night when the toilet's out of order and you're running for the border. Taco Bell, ain't it swell? Will I go? What the hell? Hey there, there goes Taco Bell. Boom. See, like, he, like, made that, like, almost up completely on his own. Like, he just started singing that one day, and we just went with it. Yep. And now that's one of our things. (laughs) It's been a thing ever since. (laughs) Like, that's the thing is, like, we write songs. We write songs with each other, which is just so crazy. Like, right? We've got a bunch of songs that we just, like, I'll just. I'll just change the words to songs and just make it about you, like, you know, <laughs> being lame or being whatever, being gay, whatever. I'll just change the words. Just friggin I can make it whatever I want. <laughs> my Clarkin is queer. Friggin every time you're near. My Clarkin, I was listening to that song like 10 minutes before you called. I bet. That is a jam. Oh, Michael McDonald is our jam forever and ever. Friggin' Christopher Cross feature and Michael McDonald. And I got such a long way to go. Such a long way to go. One line. Yeah, man. It's one line. He's got, I mean, that's a great effing song. It is. He's, he's got one line. He does. That's it. And he gets the featuring, he gets the featuring credit, the, the, the singing credit on the song for one line. I, I wonder how much, I wonder how much he got paid. To sing that one line, I, I, I wonder if it's it's on the internet somewhere. How much they paid him to sing that one line? Probably, it's probably you know pretty good amount of money, from Michael McDonald. Like, all I know is if I hear Yamo be there one more time, I will Yamo burn this place down. Is this is this your card? <laughs> she did you say that she was a hoe? For show? Oh yeah, I remember her. She was a oh for show. Did you say that she was hurting for a score? Yes. Yeah, she was really hurting for a score. JD, are you friends with this man? No. No, I never seen him in my life, baby. And we had one time, I you know he made a fool of himself. That was it. I don't mess with him, baby. <laughs> Her hands were as big as Hunter the Tiger. Come on, no, no, no. My fucking, if you're going to do that, you got to start all the way in the beginning. Uh, are you, Hi, here, are for you here for Jay's party? Yes, I am here for Jay. I am Jay's party. And then, 
How do you know she? You know, if she was a transvestite, that was the mother Teresa of transvestites, because her hands were as big as Andre the Giant's, and her Adam's apple was as big as her balls. <laughs> and then, like even before that, hey Montel, I can bring that invite to the party. First of all, that's not what he says. <laughs> what did you say? I keep forgetting. <laughs> so. Tell me, Montel, why were we invited? I said to- I keep forgetting my I keep forgetting. <laughs> so tell me, Montel, why were we invited to the party? What are we? That's what, <laughs> what are we fucking out okay? <laughs> No, man, you don't understand. This is not that kind of party. Go this fuck a goat. Party. Go fuck a goat. Man, why are you always tell me to fucking go? It's the little things. It's like what we were talking about last night when, like, early SpongeBob is like so funny. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, oh my god, I forgot all about that. Like, look at like, it's so true. Like those those show the early seasons. I'm talking about like one to like I don't know, it's like 2004, maybe. That's got to be like those, the first four seasons. First, yeah, season. like those early seasons are so classic and like. The reason why we still quote, I think I said this last night, the reason why we still quote them today at age 30 and 31 is because those were not like just written as kids. Those are legitimately funny shows. Those those are legitimately funny scripts that they wrote. They wrote actual comedic funny things. Like it wasn't just like for children. Like they put stuff in there that like would appeal to adults. Yes. Which they stopped doing at a certain point. At a certain point, they brought it down to another level where they were just writing for kids. Like, they kind of gave up on just being, you know, just generally funny on that, like, more mainstream comedic kind of a of a writing style. They kind of just were like, they gave up after a while because, like, there are just, there we, we told you about it, like, there are just so many organic scenes that are just legitimately funny. Like, it's not like funny for a kid show, Mike Logan. You know what I'm saying? Like it's funny. it's funny, period. Like it's legitimately funny. So we'll talk about this here because, like you said, as I looked it up, because I was correct. So the first season was in 1999. So from 99 to 2005, when season four ended, and then once you get to like 2007, 2008, it's kind of like meh. But once you, from like one to four, like it start as, when it ends in like 2005. That's when that's like the height. I mean, of- and that's kind of like when we aged out of it anyway, like yeah. as kids, as like viewers as kids. Yep. So, I mean, they were already writing for a different audience anyway, but like we uh, we're able to appreciate those episodes now more as adults. Yep. I think because we understand it on a different level now. We understand the comedy from a different perspective. You, you When you watch things from an adult through an adult's eyes as opposed to a kid's eyes, you see things very differently. It's a very different way of looking at anything in the world. But, I mean, for things like that, uh, when a show is written like that, and you notice those, like, it's like watching Looney Tunes, all the all the crazy sh- stuff they got away in, they got away in the old Looney Tunes cartoons, like the Bugs Bunny cartoons and stuff, like the stuff that they would get away with. Like, you know, that's that's not, that stuff wasn't just, really written for kids there's there's legitimately funny stuff in like with bugs bunny and like elmer fudd it's just because it's the end you know and i think also like there's a lot of there's a lot of smart ass kids in our generation because like we were like the last generation to like grow up with 
like Bugs Bunny, and like yeah. he was on like every day. He was on Cartoon Network. He was on Nickelodeon. He was like everywhere. Yep. Like WB. Like like he like he's like the like originator of like smart ass comedy. Like he's the he's the original wise ass. You know. So like I think that's why we're all kind of like a little snarky and a little bit you know. I mean, not a little bit, a lot sarcastic, you know, like, because I think it's, uh, it can, it, some of that comes from, uh, watching, growing up watching Bugs Bunny, I think. That's why we are the way we are. Right. And I mean, well, today's generation, a lot of stuff that was said back in the day, you can't now, because let's be honest, in 2022, we got to watch what we say and everybody is, you know, like, <laughs> well, I'm not even talking about that. I'm just talking about the general. Oh, general. I know, but, but it also equates to now how everybody gets offended over every little thing, which is ridiculous. That's why it's just, it is the way it is too, because it's, it's, and I've always equated this to wrestling too. It's like back in the day, like when now, mind you, the guy behind Girls Gone Wild, Joe Francis, is a piece of shit. But if anybody saw like back in the day when the Girls Gone Wild commercials would air during WWE and when WWE actually did a thing with Girls Gone Wild, everybody, and now you watch that later, it's like, oh, oh my God. I'm like, well, a lot of people need to realize like sex appeal is very big and there's many different layers of sexiness. Like it's just like not, and now everything is just about the work rate. And, you know, they can be beautiful and they still work, which is great. But it's like, let's not minimize the whole uh, sex appeal thing because that's very apparent in everything. So, and I mean, that's a big topic we'll get into because. Um- yeah. I mean, yeah, I just remember like, he was really scummy. I remember that. And I remember well, like... Did you remember what he got arrested for during COVID? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. I remember the whole thing. But it's... I just... Because I remember back in the day, like when we were in like middle school and high school and you start saying, wait, and you see those like commercials and you're like, oh, I must be the most awesome thing. I wish we could order those tapes. And it's like, no, you don't. No, no you, you don't. Really, you really, really don't. do not. It's really not as great as you as it looks. Like... You know, we were into a lot of stupid stuff. Then. Oh my God. <laughs> True. Absolutely. And I mean, with nowadays with everything, and I'm not going to get too much into it, but now with the new regime for WWE, since Vince McMahon is El Gano, uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like the man can beat the, the man is can beat the government with the, you know, the steroid trial in the nineties, he's had so many things against him, but he couldn't beat this. You know what I'm saying? He had to go. I know a lot of fans are going to be brought back now to see the product because it's under the regime now, triple H and Stephanie McMahon and everything involved in that. So, I mean, it's an exciting time to be a wrestling fan again. You know what I'm saying? And there's no longer the stupid shit. I mean, there might be some stupid shit, but we're going no more towards the wrestling side of things and actually really showcasing a lot of talents who may have been fired. Now they're back and getting shown in the forefront. So, I mean, it's an exciting time there. Mind you, and I mean, we talked about this. Like, you were so shocked. Like, it's like, man, I don't want to talk about wrestling. And I'm like, the reason why I say that is, the fucking fans of professional wrestling are fucking idiots. Like when AEW started coming around, like, oh, this is this like this, oh, this alternative. And mind you, it was fine. But nowadays it's just like, it's whatever. And I mean, wrestling fans to just enjoy professional wrestling, man. Those like hockey. Like, you know, I'll equate this with you. Just enjoy hockey. Stop fucking fighting over bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Just enjoy what you enjoy and like it at the end of the day, you know, because we're all on the same team, so to speak. We like our same sports and we all like to enjoy our crafts. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's just like if you were all the infighting is just so dumb because like you're supposed to like be on the same side, right? You're supposed to be into the same thing. You're supposed to be like, okay, like you're supposed to form like communities with this stuff, right? And like if you're just gonna be fighting with each other and starting drama about like stupid stuff, like you're never gonna like you're never gonna be able. First of all, you're never gonna be able to enjoy it. 
Right. And second of all, like you're never really going to be able to feel like you're actually a part of something. You're, you're going to feel like you're against something, which is like totally like the wrong way to go about it. Well, the logic also comes into, you know what the logic stems from, right? What? Okay. So what the AEW logic is, it, the way that I've always put the AEW, the All Elite Wrestling logic from its inception in 2019 to where we are, it's the if you know, you know crowd. It's for the smarks, the smart marks. It's for people that read Dave Meltzer's friggin' wrestling newsletter and all about the five stars and stuff. You know what I'm saying? They don't care about the story. It's more, we're wrestling. We're wrestling. We're not sports entertainment. We're wrestling. But the problem is, like, uh, is this like the, uh, the Rick and Morty fans who are like, uh, you know, you have have to be just you know slightly more intelligent to really understand the comedy yeah and exactly and like all those all that crap oh my right. god those are the worst people that's like the worst those are embarrassing those fans those are embarrassing fans because well, they make everybody look bad okay well let me explain how this goes into detail so it's okay. the, it's the fans who watch new japan pro wrestling you know what i'm saying who and i'll be honest not a lot of people know who the new japan pro wrestling is that's why it started when they did that whole forbidden door crap where they're working with new japan pro wrestling but the problem is the masses don't know who a Will Ospreay is or, you know, who a Jay White is or who these people are from Japan because not a lot of people watch that. And a lot of people, and I'm sorry to say this, like mine. You say I'm, Michael J. White, Mike Morgan? He's pretty good. Shut up. So what I'm trying to say here is, <laughs> <laughs> so the, the issue is the New Japan style is very formulaic. It's just, if it's their Wrestle Kingdom show is their big show, right? The Tokyo Dome. So it's just, it's wrestling match after wrestling match after wrestling match after wrestling match. There's no like story or like anything in between. It's just wrestling match, 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 wrestling match. And they're like 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes long and shit like that. And mind you, it's great to like that style, but it's like, you do realize like everything is subjective. Not everybody just wants to see pro wrestling for the wrestling, which is funny to say, because we want to have that story and your character first. And then the wrestling kind of comes second, but that's really how it is. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's everybody could just like pro wrestling. Everybody could just like sports entertainment, whatever. But the thing is you too, you have to have that craft and art form of here's the story. Here's one A to B to C. You don't just go like, Oh, here it is. Here's two people thrown out there for wrestling. Cause I can't get invested in that. You have to have a story that shows why these people are fighting. Here's the match. Here's what's going to happen. Are we going to continue? Is it a one and done? You have to have that style and the story too. Cause the story is most important to anything. You know what I'm saying? You're getting way too detailed about this. Like, like it's, it's like I get what you're saying, but like uh, I feel like I feel like some you're gonna lose some of them. I think you're gonna you're gonna lose some of our, our listeners with like with what? who don't know wrestling. Like, but I do understand the general stuff of what you're, of what you're saying though. Like I do I do get it, and I do get. Well, that, well, that equates to everything. You have to know, like, it, look at like a TV show. You can't just throw people out there. You have to, you know, here's a story, here's why they are, and then, you know, it gets to the finale. You know what I'm saying? It's like, think of it like a show. Yeah, I, yeah, but I, but it's like, it's like a show, but it's also, like, not, a, it's like this weird mix of, like, well, it's a soap, soap opera. opera. It's a soap and, opera, like, yeah. And sports and, like, um, you know, like, like, like Broadway almost. It's like, there's a lot of pageantry. Yes. Right. There's a lot of pageantry in there, Mike Clark, and which you know, I don't, I don't judge you, Mike Clark. And I say uh-huh. I'm always here for you, dog. No, just shut up. Just, just shut up. Just, just shut up. <laughs> it is what it is. But no, and well, also with the, with hockey, I always say this, you know, because I was saying to you the other day, you know, with the marks of hockey, you know, it's it's one of those things too, as well. Uh, Mike Clark, I'm not a mark. Okay. You know that I am not a mark, but we know people. Who are marks, right, Mike Larkin? Absolutely. Well, you are kind of a mark in a way, man. I mean, just the no, whole... no, 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 no. Don't don't try to say oh, you kind of are in a way. You kind of are. Let's go, Islanders. <laughs> Let's go, Islanders. That was not me. That was not 
that was not me. Well, you also growled after they lost. I don't growl. You know what I'm saying? You growl. That was that was more that was more though about the two girls in the Oilers jerseys behind us that <laughs> were gang about the Oilers than it was just about the fact that we lost. It was the fact that we lost and that these two, I guess they were Canadian girls. I was such a great game. So excited. Oh my god, the Oilers. We played so good tonight. Oh my goodness. It was so good. And I just went, what did I what did I do, Mike Larkin? Shut the fuck up. Er, gr- <laughs> oh, the girl. Gr- <laughs> gr- <laughs> the problem was too as well. That the well, the other time was like, you know, hey, what's that movie with Freddie Prince Jr.? <sighs> Summer Catch? Was it Summer Catch? Was, no, was it Heart? Was it you know, no, 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 he goes, Heart was it uh no, he goes, he goes. What was the movie with uh with it's like it's like Bad News Bears in the Hood with Keanu Reeves with uh was that Summer Catch? No, that was, was Hardball. That? It's like he it, it went on, it went on, it went on, went on. And, and we're both sitting there listening to the guy, and I'm like, it's fucking Hardball. Shut up. We want to watch the game. I'm trying to watch. I'm trying to watch game. the game here. Talking about you're talking about movies like you're not in your living room. Like do you like do people not understand when they actually go to a sporting event? That you're not sitting in your living room, that you are actually in a crowd with other people, and you can't just like talk about whatever the hell you want. Like, do you, do people, are there people, like, you can have light conversations and very casual conversations when the game is going on, but like, if you're going to do it like those, that guy and that girl was doing behind us, Mike Larkin, and get so invested into a conversation about a movie from, about a movie from 2001. Yep. Okay, while a hockey game is going on, like, like, just stay home, right? Just stay home. It's like I'm trying you to watch. Don't a need to, right? It's you like, don't need to be there if you're gonna do that, right? It's like I'm trying to watch boy check here. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're trying to watch boy check for God's sake, boy check. I'm surprised you even remember that, Mike. Honestly, like that's actually pretty, pretty good. I'm just saying, and then you have Zito Sapitas on the back on the Mets, you know. <laughs> He's not on the Mets anymore. Uh, whatever, you know what I'm saying? I love Steve. Boy, and Boy Chuck's not on the Islanders anymore. Yeah, know. whatever. You got some you got some dated references, Mike Larkin. You gotta oh. get, you gotta catch up on your sports, Mike Larkin. Hey, well, I gotta, well, the, the I best gotta educate you some Edgy McCabe, yes. Well, the best player will always be John Tavares. We always know that. <laughs> Was that a joke, Bobby? Why, uh, yes, yes, it is. Oh God! You turned on the Islanders. <laughs> oh. What about what about also what about the uh, the um, that was the same ones that went. Uh, excuse me. What what number is Alex Ovechkin? Oh Jesus Christ! Uh, he's he's number eight. Uh, do you not know that? Like number eight. How do you not know that? He's like one of the best. He's like one of the most famous players in the game. Like you really don't know what number he is. Like you came to a game. And you don't know what number one of the best players is, like, <sighs> but you know his name. You know his name, but you don't know his number. Like, that's really weird. Uh, it's like when we went to uh, when SummerSlam, and you call me up with the tickets, and it's just like we're going to SummerSlam, like, Larkin. Oh yeah, SummerFest. I remember that was a house show, like, Larkin. Uh, SummerFest yeah. house show. How about in New Jersey? I hate Jeremy Pittman. I hate him, fucking SummerFest. Everybody hates Jeremy Pittman. It's okay, my Ah, oh, what an idiot. But no, here's the problem: was it was a SummerSlam live event, which is also known as a house show. So this one over here thought we were going to a live pay per view. It's like no, we're going to a house show. That's what we're going to a live event. But you know what, my Logan? Though you're a dick because you knew this the whole time. Yes. I was trying to get you to go. You knew this, yes. but you just decided 
to not tell me that. Well, you decided to just not mention or just divulge that information. It's a house show, bro. It's a house show. I didn't even say it was a house show. I was like, yeah, I'm going to SummerSlam. <laughs> you, you, you really just could have just, you know, be that yeah. told me and to save me all the aggravation of because you know I don't know what the hell I got tickets for my clock. You know, I that someone we know gave us the tickets. Yes. Like I don't know what the hell well, I, I don't. Hold on, hold on, wait a minute, like hold on. You do well. Did you also read the ticket when you got the ticket? No, because I didn't have my dad had the tickets. I didn't actually have they were given to my dad. I didn't actually have the tickets in my hand. Okay, because if you read the tickets, it should say SummerSlam live event and a live event. Okay, yeah, I know that now, Mike Larkin. I didn't know that when I called you on the phone that day. Oh, uh, well, here's the thing about that too. Like 2015, and well, you no, went. Yeah, you, you know, you chewed me out. Like, like everybody is supposed to know all this wrestling stuff. Like Mike Larkin. There are people who have lives in the world. How about you just shut up? Stop. <laughs> well, well, here's the thing. Well, I will, I will always say this, and I will admit it. Wrestling is not like it was in the Attitude Era when there were, like, over 10 million people watching it. You know, once we got to the Ruthless Aggression Era, like 2002, when WWE was the only game in town, and there was no TNA yet, or there was no Ring of Honor, you know, there was just WWE, and a lot of people kind of dipped in 2002 when people like John Cena and Brock Lesnar and Randy Orton and Batista were all coming up. But they dipped because there was no more WCW. The Monday Night Wars had ended. There was no more ECW, and WWE was the only game in town. So, I mean, I get it. And and also, you look at it from a stance, too, as well. 2015, it was a good year for WWE. I mean, you and I, we got to see John Cena and Kevin Owens. We got to see Roman Reigns and Bray Wyatt, and there was a lot of... Is good- that when that was? Yeah, it was 2015. Oh, my goodness. Mike Larkin, that... that- that feels like it was yesterday. Yesterday, it was you, me, and Z, little Z. Uh, little shout out to little Z. Yep. Um, seven years. Look, ago. It feels like oh my goodness, where the hell did the time go? Seven years, right? That, I was, know. that was nothing. That went by like nothing. We had just like started the podcast up when that event happened. Yep. Oh my yeah, that's right. That's right. We we were. It was, a, it was a much different time than, but yet, you know, it's like it was nothing. Like, it, yep. It's, it's great. The older, the older you get, like, yep. it's like time starts to like speed up almost, you know, like all of a sudden years are not as long as they used to be. And like months turn into weeks, weeks turn into days, you know, like everything just starts to you, you really, you really don't have as much time on this earth as you think you do. Right, and it all blends. Really don't. It, it, it goes by faster than you realize. And it blends too, man. Like I was watching, like look at Raw, and they were doing like John Cena's twenty years straight. Like John Cena has been around for twenty years, and what he's doing now, movies. Like you start to like realize, like shit. You know, these people that you were watching when you were like ten, and now you're thirty. It's like fuck. You know what I'm saying? And they moved on with their careers and stuff like that. And well, this also brings us to the other anniversary. One of our jams, my homie G, Keenan and Kel just turned twenty six. I tell you, man, that's because, like, we watched that as children, and we watched it as we remember watching it, and it's like now it's like that's that's like almost like as long as like I was in formal education, my fucking like that's about as long as as that in my entire academic career. Right, and that's also the 26 year anniversary of I dropped the screw in the tuna. It was me. Oh, the humanity. Keenan, we still boys. It's, right? we still boys. it's so like I, look. I was doing this the other day. Like, like uh, honestly, 
Like, just think about how much I should say too. Just think about how much things have already changed since we graduated high. Think about how much, especially with the internet yep. and how we socialize and the way how everything works. Like, think about just in the time since we graduated, 20 you know, this is this is turn of the decade, the previous decade. This is like 12, 13 years now. And just think about where everything was then. Think about where social media was then with like Twitter and Facebook. Think about how everything was back then and compared to where it is now. Like there weren't even like smartphones really yet. Like at that point, like smartphones didn't really like even come into, into, you know, become a common thing until like 2011. 2011 was like the year of the smartphone. Mm -hmm. Like before that, smartphones were like, a luxury item that only like the really like well off could afford like and then not now all of a sudden it became this every decision this everyday thing like when i was in middle school like the first cell phone i got it was the old flip phone man like did we had the old flip phones you had a cell phone in middle school yeah i didn't get my first phone until i was a senior in high school oh okay that tells you that just is one of the I guess that shows you one of the differences between you know, my parents and your parents is that hey uh, man, I mean I got to stay, you know, my mom we, you know, you don't want to go to school then, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Meanwhile, you know, I get, you know I get I get, you know, chased out by lions if I if I miss the bus. You know? okay. <laughs> that reminds me when my dad got angry. He's like, I didn't want to go to school. He goes, if you're gonna keep being absent, you're not gonna graduate. I'm like, Do you realize what high school I go to? Like, come on, man, like I'm not gonna graduate. You serious? Whoa, you're throwing a lot of shit on our modern my clock and that oh, was not a hey, okay. I'm gra- I'm grateful for the memories I've had at the East High School High School, especially with you, homie. But come on, we we've said it many a time. Thank you. But we've said it many a times about that school, and I have not gone back since. So, tis what it is. I um, I acknowledge that it is it was a mixed bag. Yes, I agree with you on that. Yep. But I think that I got a lot more positive things out of it than you did. I seem to do socially at least anyway better than most of the kids that were there and so my high school experience was more a little more pleasant than most so even though i did deal with a lot of crap yep but it was really with the mainstream teachers that's really what the mixed bag was it was the, the mainstream teachers that were you know very mediocre for the most part that was the stuff that i deal with but um but listen, I you know I did very well socially. I I was lucky that I can fit in with so many different groups, and you know I had a support system with you know four wonderful women that were you know changed my life so positively and immensely. And I got a lot of great great things out of my experience there. But it was not perfect. But but you know what though, Mike Larkin, I'm all, I'm kind of happy it wasn't perfect because. The world's it's high school is a microcosm of the world. The world is not going to be perfect. Life is not going to be a, a box of chocolates all the time. I never know what you're going to get. <laughs> Jet, you sick? You got cold? <laughs> She's such a piece of shit. <laughs> She's the worst. She's the worst. She's the absolute worst female character in the history of cinema. I'm sorry. I don't care. I don't care what anyone says. She is by far the worst. 
she played with that man's emotions and messed with him for decades, Mike Clark, and she treated him like crap and took advantage of him for decades. And, and then all she, he wanted to do was love her. And, and then she gets it. And then she, she gets only it. she only gives him a pity fuck after he gets rich, and then she gets AIDS. And then we're together forever. <laughs> you died on a Tuesday. It's ridiculous because she was so suicidal and like she you have someone who's good, but you go with these fucking assholes who just so you can do coke, you fucking whore. And excuse my language, but you fucking whore. And then you come back and she's like, I do love you for us. Then she has sex. Then she leaves and she's pregnant and he's fucking just running around the freaking country. And then she forgets. Oh, you remember in the beginning? You remember in the beginning when he brings she brings she brings him into her dorm room, the all girls school. She brings him. She takes. She takes advantage of him sexually and freaking makes it even worse, makes the teasing of him even worse. Right. And all the only reason why she's there and she's doing that with him, she's doing it to mess with her roommate. Yep. She's doing it. You see the roommates that she's doing it to fuck with her roommate. She's like trying to get rid of her. She's using him and using her her. Yeah, it's like that's so how messed up is that? Like that is so messed up. And well, she, the thing is, she's admit she admits it at the end, like she does, like she does admit it when she's gonna die. So, yeah, like that doesn't make it better. Like oh, like I I get it that she you know she admitted to him what you know that what she did was wrong for many years, but it's like she the only reason she admitted it because she's gonna die. You know what it is too? Like it's such a funny freaking movie. It is like that's as good a comedy as any too. Like for like people. I consider that a comedy. I don't, no, people I don't, don't consider, consider that, that a comedy. Yeah, I know. I'm, I, I'm sorry, but like, there's so many great, com- funny scenes and funny lines in that movie that are so quotable. Like, I laugh my ass. We laugh our ass off. We do movie every time because he's fun. Tom Hanks is funny. He's a funny guy. And he made that character so funny. Like, because it's funny because he doesn't realize the stuff that he's doing. And it's just, it's just, it just works. All of that stuff works so perfectly. Like, um, <laughs> congratulations. How's it feel to be an All-American? I gotta pay. <laughs> That's funny. Because he drinks like, all the drink, Pitty <laughs> Do you know what one of my favorite lines in that movie is, Mike Clark? And if I told you about this, it's a throwaway line. It's like he delivers some of those lines so deadpan that he sneaks jokes by you. Like, there's a line in that movie when he's with, he reunites with Lieutenant Dan, and I, I guess they were the cigarette, and he says, uh, Lieutenant Dan said that since he had no legs, he spent a lot of time working on his arms. Like, he just drops that in, does it deadpan. He's making a fucking masturbation joke, Mike Larkin. Like, it's so freaking brilliant. And if you're not really paying attention, you miss it. Like it's so it is a brilliant movie. It's a brilliantly comedic movie. I can see that from that stance. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And well, that's uh, a, yeah. Oh no, no, you're 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 right. I mean, like, and and just the way that like, and I think too, like, I think we we like enjoy it more too because you know he is special needs at the end of the day, right? Like, let's face it. Like, and I think that like we can like that like hits different for us you know like we it's a different like we we connect with 
that on a different level than some other people do. You know, like I, that's just it's it's well, another I'm, one of those things that I'm, adds right. Adds, it adds a lot, but I, I don't mean to cut you off, but I got to say this: I'm dying first. I mean, she was just so happy when she right. said that line because well, she's finally done with this burdenous freaking. <laughs> tree stump of a man that she's been I mean, saddled with. I mean, it is a sad scene. It really is. But I, I mean, the fact also, the fact that the doctor that's taking care of her is the, is the guy that had sex with her in the, in the beginning, you know, about the whole... Uh, I was going to bring that scene up anyway, Mike Logan. Your mama sure cares about your education, boy. And, and then <laughs> fast forward years later. Oh, you know... Uh, <laughs> we, Bro, Mike Logan, you got to do his response. He, 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 he. <laughs> But no, the future, like when he's just like, you know, oh, we, we sure straighten you out, boy. It's like, no, 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 you didn't. Like, that's it. That's it. We know a lot of assholes like that, right? Who, who try to screw you, they try to put you down and screw you over, like when you're trying to like make your way as like a child. Yeah. And then when you finally rise above it and succeed, they like try to like turn around and like take credit for it, Mike Larkin. No, you didn't do shit. You made me feel like shit, and then now you want to take care credit for the shit that I've accomplished when you've done jack shit, you fucking useless piece of shit. You know, I'm looking for we had a problem. You're right. Uh, you, you asshole. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? <laughs> you, you know, like, really? Really? You're going to try to play it like that? Like, really? Like, okay. Okay. Right. Have, have a nice life. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, people like that but yeah no and also like you talk about like social media like for me like i i'll tell you right now i hate social media the only use it i reason i use it is to like you say happy birthdays or promote the so- promote our shit but other than that like i hate it like i hate facebook i hate twitter i hate instagram i especially hate tiktok like i mean well I i'll tell you what Mike Larkin, those sites can definitely get toxic right at times and it's definitely and I've, because I've gone through it, and you helped me when I was going through it too. It, it can, it can get to be a lot, and when you get to a point where the, because social media is supposed to enhance your life, not dominate it. But when you yes. get to the point where it's dominating your life yeah. and it's causing you stress and it's making you feel unhappy, like I have a lot of experience, and so like I've worked in social media, like I know that. And I and then people, you know, I tell people this all the time when they talk to me about their frustrations. About it. I say, if you think that you need to take some time off, that you either detox or, yeah, like like if you want to get off or like you know delete your account or just take it some time or whatever, like do whatever you think you need to do. Take the time off. Remove yourself from that. It's not worth it. It's not worth the stress that it causes you and it can give you because people can get carried away with with a lot of things and and listen it already is 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 dominating a lot of our lives anyway but it's important to keep it in the perspective that it's it's supposed to be a like a, a tool it's supposed to be like a tool and if you're not if you're not using it to help make your life better mm-hmm. and instead it's becoming a burden and it's it's wearing you down it's causing you stress and mental health problems and just go just don't get off you know, like it's not, it's not, it's not the end of the world. It's not, it's not like it's necessary to have in your life. Right. You know, it's good. It's a good thing. And listen, it's done many great things. And I've had many, many great experiences through social media. And yeah. I see, I see the good, 
things it can do, and I see the, the good potential that it has, but I also have seen and I still witness the the problems it can cause and the bad that it can do too. It's it's is it's both it's both ends of the spectrum in that in that sense. It's the yin and, and the yang, but it's important to keep that all of that in perspective that it's not supposed to be something that's supposed to make you miserable. Right. And I mean, I remember when I was going through my shit and I, you saw that I was deleting my account and you're like, are you okay? Like what's going on? I remember that. You know what I'm saying? I was going through my shit. Like you were, uh, you were like really like concerned. Like, why are you deleting your account? You know what I'm saying? I remember that. I mean, because uh, especially because it was you, not just because you're my best friend, because it was so out of character for you because you never right. have ever done anything like that on social media ever before. So I saw that and I immediately was like, oh, crap, what the hell is going on? And I, had to, I had to get in touch with you like immediately. Yep. You were. So, one, but um, yeah, you were one of the first two actually got in touch with me. It was you and my buddies over at the Hillcast. Like it was you and my podcasting buddies who freaking reached out. You're like, dude, are you OK? Like, I remember that. Yeah. But um, like. um, Yeah, like I was I was worried about you. My I appreciate it. But, you know, I mean, when you get to that point, I think it's very apparent. Like, if, if you get to that point, just delete your account. I mean, if it's for, like, temporarily or, you know, primarily, it's fine. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you don't want to be on social media, you don't have to be on social media. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can just live the normal life, which actually is a little bit and a lot more better to be, like, completely honest, because you don't have to deal with. That's the thing, too. We've become so accustomed with our fingertips at our phones. You know what I'm saying? Not everything is about our phones. We can just actually have a conversation without looking at the goddamn phone. I know it's very traditionalist and it's old school, but it works. You know what I'm saying? And if, if it's good for your mental health, that's the main thing. Yeah, I mean, look, at the end of the day, you got to do what's best for you. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. It's, it's, it's got to be what's going to be best for you. If you're getting all of the benefits from social media and you're using it responsibly and it's doing good things for you, then that's great. But if it's not, then that's a problem and you need to address it and probably, you know, remove it a little bit from your life for a little while. Yeah, don't hoard yeah, your And that's nothing... There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with taking a break from anything. You need to take a break sometimes just for your sanity, just to keep things in perspective. You know, like is, there's there's absolutely nothing wrong with getting off social media. And, I, and you know, people feel like they have to be stigmatized for it now, which is just absolutely ridiculous. Nuts. It's nuts to me. Like it's nuts to me because like, it, first of all, it's, this is their own lie. It's people's, people's social media is, accounts are a part of their lives it's their property it's their it's their choice to do what they want to do with those accounts and with those web on those websites you know like you can't really tell anyone that they have to be on social media or they have to have you know an account on these websites on twitter and facebook and all that stuff because it's whatever you get out of it is what matters. It's it's not you can't be doing stuff just to follow the crowd because everybody else is on there. I mean, right? Yeah, there's there's it's got great. There's a lot of great things to 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 love about social media, but there's also the bad things too. And it's hard for some people to look past the. See, here, here's the thing, like with a site like Facebook, I'll I'll, I'll use this as an example. I'm getting some water here, my clock. I'm not. I promise you, I'm not going to the bathroom this time. This time. (laughs) (laughs) Let's take Facebook for for example. If you click 
on something on Facebook, and you, especially if you like it, if you click on something and then you're also liking something and you're and you're giving impressions and feedback to the algorithm, you're gonna start seeing more things like that. So if you start looking at like very divisive things and like very political things and stuff, like and you and you engage with those posts and you click on them and you're liking them, those things are gonna appear in your feed more. Mm-hmm. The main feed on Facebook, and I'm just using Facebook as an example. There's, you know, every, every, there's these sites are, there's similarities with these other sites and there are also some fight differences. But like with face, the feed that Facebook has, it's people think that it's still a chronological feed. It's not, Mike Clarkin. It's not a chronological feed. What they're showing you on the main feed now are things that they think that the algorithm has determined that you're going to like the most. That is why you always are going to see posts from the people that you engage with the most and engage with you the most, the things, the pages you like the most, the things with the posts that you like the most, the subject matter. Yep. That's all determined in that feed by the algorithm. There's nothing chronological about that feed. If you really pay attention to all the timestamps on every post, you'll find on that feed that they're all out of order. Now, they still have the chronological feed available to you. I'm getting very technical with Facebook stuff now. I'm walking the list, but just, just let me go on this. They have other feeds on Facebook. What you do is when you click on those three, the three lines, right, Mike Larkin? Yes. You click on those three lines and then you go, there's an option for feeds. And there's actually four other feeds that are available to you that you can access on your account. So besides the main wall, that's the that's the algorithm's main feed. There is the actual chronological feed, which is everything that's that you are connected with in your feed chronologically as it's been posted. Then there's the favorites feed, which is a feed of just people that you've marked as favorite and that you have deemed to put in your favorites. So you can have a feed of just things that your favorite people or groups post, and it's just those things. And then there's a feed for just like like videos and stuff and then there's a feed for like groups and stuff too so there's all these different feeds that you can access that are very different from the main feed that's determined by the algorithm right and I, it's the same goes for twitter same goes with instagram and i mean for me we just have to touch upon this because all this equates to all forms of social media like you hate tiktok and it's hilarious because i'll be honest with you i don't get it either listen <laughs> listen mike Larkin, uh, this is what i want to say too but you need to get off of TikTok. If anyone is listening to this, if anyone gets anything out of this, get off TikTok. of TikTok. You are making yourself very, very vulnerable. It's 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 basically a, a Chinese spy app. It's 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 basically what it is. It's, you do not want to be on. If you Rogan just had a thing on last week about the the user agreement for TikTok, the things that you agree to when you sign up for tiktok i mean did you see that did you see this thing mike larkin that he was talking about he was reading the agreement and like it allows you access to like keystrokes and like access to your microphone at all times like like really it's like tech people he says have said that it's like one of the most like invasive user agreements that they've like ever seen like you give up so much when you agree to just go on to tiktok like 
is really, really insane. Like you do, it's it's so ridiculous. You should not be on that website. Right, and it's the thing too. Like, and I've I've looked at it. I don't use it. I got rid of it pretty much. But it is good. What, good. I don't use it. I mean, if if I I have to take a look, but I I don't even check it because I'll be honest with you. Like again, the social media. I've had my burnouts too, where I just don't even look at social media. But when I promote stuff, I I'll look and then I just take off because I'll be honest with you, it's better for the sanity. Going back to that, it's better for your sanity. But like the TikTok, I mean, it's stupid. It reminds me of like an updated version of Vine. Like from back in the day, that's what it reminds me of, and I'm just like, it's it's, like, it's a it's a the less good version of, of Vine. What it is, like you know what I'm saying, and I'll eat an avocado sandwich while I'm at it, you know. So it's just it, <laughs> fucking Josh Peck, fucking Josh Peck thought he was so cool on the Vine. but, but you know what, he ended up being the better of of Drake, and he ended up coming out. Oh man, on the end of that, so yeah, you know, you, we we can make fun of him. You know, fat kid from Snow Day, fat kid from Snow Day, Mike Logan. But you know what? Mm-hmm. At, least, at least he's not a pedophile like Drake Belly. So it's going to take some time to realize. No, we didn't take time to realize. We, we Mike Logan, you're going to do that. And I just dropped a Snow Day reference and you're not even going to try to break out any Hoku. Like you're not even going to try. You want to know what I got to say about that? What's that, Mike Logan? That's all right. That's okay. <laughs> You never love me anyway, but I think it's time for you to just move on. It's all right. It's all right. That's all right. That's okay. I thought I never thought you'd hear me say that I think it's time for you to find another dumb dog. Because it's not me. No, no. Because it's not me. No, no. Then she had the other song. How do I feel now that it's over? And the thing that I miss the most is missing you. thing that I miss the most. Burrito, man. <laughs> she only had two hits, and then she had a perfect day for Legally Blonde. It's a perfect day. Nothing standing in my way. That was it for Oko. That was it. That was, like, on, like, every commercial. like the mid-day. Yes. That was, like, every... Every like sort of girly commercial was like had that song in it. Yeah, or the friggin' like with the underpants, "Kiss Me Again." You stop this, 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 this stuttering. Remember that one? You've got you've become very, very uh, musical all of a sudden, Mike Larkin. Yeah, well, you like <laughs> like you don't either. Like you don't either. Stop it, friggin' you and I are singing friggin' Love Shack in the friggin' cafeteria, and here comes Mr. Kajulian, friggin' like oh. Oh, you're just dropping all the names today, huh? Like, yeah, look at you. Look at you. Okay, all right, my pocket. Since you bought it off, let's fine. Let's go for it. Screw it. We're going all over the place today. Let's Hold on. Wait, wait. Look, look, look. No, no, no. Like you I said, I'm going to drop it. I said, look at you hiding up all the evidence. Yeah? I, yeah, I, oh, my God. Savannah Sutherland. Yeah, that's right. I know. I know. Yeah. Grinding <laughs> the pepper. I know. Um, <laughs> do my pocket. Have we talked about this already? I don't know. We different. Do you really believe that he actually knew Journey and Def Leppard? Like, do you believe? That he actually went backstage. We might have talked about this already. Do you really believe that what he was telling us all those? Because he was telling me this stuff. I don't know. I don't know if you knew about it or not. He was telling me this stuff. And every chance he got, he would always tell me, I know uh, Journey and Def Leppard. You know, I'm backstage with them all the time. And blah, blah. I'm like, dude, like the more you tell me this, though, it's like the more you want me to believe it, the less likely I am to believe it. Because like, I just feel like you're just making this stuff up. Like, there, would you believe that? Do you believe it, Mike Logan? Like, do you really think that he like actually like knew, like hung out with Neil Sean and like no, all the, no, no, no right? not at all, not at all. <laughs> it's like it's it's like, dude, why trying so hard? 
why why are you trying so hard like like i i don't you can you've already told me like 10 times like it's like how you're beating a dead horse here like i get it like do you know any other bands like is it just, it's like do you have anything else interesting to tell me besides this is like the one thing right. that he keeps bringing up and i'm like there's no way there's no way the more he tells it the less i, I believe him well, it's like the boy who cried wolf it's also, I think that was the same week when Mr. Brown, when we were listening to now music and we were singing and Mr. Brown's like, what are you guys doing? I'm like, we're, we're listening to music. Like, like listen to music, just enjoying our lunch. What's the problem? I was, it was part of my, it was part of my giving back program. I was passing cool things down to the kids that were right behind me. The less fortunate. Oh God. Less cool. Physically, mentally, ugly, challenged kids. Shut up! Just, just. I was showing them how to be cool, and Mr. Brown was like respecting me for that. He was like, "All right, I get it. this kid needs a lot of help. You better work on it real hard." Shut the fuck up! Just shut the. Fuck up. <laughs> Stop it. Uh, we can talk about you know rapping, friggin' Mr. Hodges class. Word, word. He made me rap. I just. It's my clock, and I gotta show you. Come over here. It's really cool. You really oh, gotta see. God. Really, really cool. That was just depressing. That was. Horrible. You were like, you were like Eeyore. I... Yeah, we're talking about we're talking about things that nobody else has any idea about because nobody. A lot of inside it. jokes, man. A lot, a lot of, of a lot. We are really we we have see we did not plan this. Or just we we are just getting everything off of our chests. Right. That we haven't been able to talk about over and, and the last, like fifteen months. Yes. But so it's a lot. There's a lot going on here today, folks. We're sorry. Uh, we're, we appreciate I, you if you made it this. You far. made it this far, yeah. But no, I do actually have a couple final things while we're going over over the place. Number one, I did watch your graduation speech. Which congratulations on your graduation. And Thank was, you very much. I, I appreciate that. That was beautiful. I just want I want you to know that that every single word of that I said in that speech was. From the bottom of my heart, it, everything was 100% true in there. And uh, you know what? That was a really amazing night, Mike Clark. And uh, it was really one of the best nights of my life, to be honest with you. Everything have, everything came together so perfectly. My my parents were so great uh, helping me set it up and, and get everything together. And, and I got, you know, so a lot of people came. So many people came, like, like over 90 people ended up showing up for my graduation party, which was absolutely amazing and i was kind of overwhelmed with all of the just the love and the the joy that i got and and, and it was just really amazing night my band got to play and you know we just it was a lot of great memories that we made and, and i'm so happy that everything went well and you know college was a was a long road for me a long tough road and i know that you know mm-hmm. because you were there the whole time and You've been with you probably know more about my struggles than most other people do when I was going through everything post high school. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you, you know how much how, how hard it was and, and how much it took to get me to this point. And, uh, you know, I appreciate you being there for me, homie. And I appreciate everyone who helped me get there on the way because one of the main themes of my speech, well, the main theme of my speech was that. Uh, nobody gets there alone and the people that I met, I met, all I did was mention people and the people that were mentioned in that speech were all people that helped me get there and, and were tremendous figures in my life that helped me 
get to this point. And, you know, it's, it's the way it is with life. You know, nobody gets there alone, no matter what you do, no matter what goal you set for yourself. It's so you're going to have help and it's okay to get help and it's okay to ask for help. And, you know, we we're all in this thing together at the end of the day. So, you know, but what I, what I always try to do, my Larkin is take care of the people who took care of you. That's one of my big things. Loyalty is very big with me. Gratitude is very big with me. And I believe in, in, in that kind of a mentality, um, you know, not just to, you know, pay it back and pay it forward, you know? So that was, uh, that was a really special night. And folks, what we have just done is a very special episode because man, we covered a lot today and it was great to get a lot of stuff off our chest that we haven't talked about in 15 months. And before we do close this out, episode 74, I will say this guys, if you've not checked out Steve's band, cause Steve's band is going to be promoting before we do the social medias, do talk about the band and promote your band. So we are cool spectrum. We are a rock and roll band. Um, we were formed at rock and roll university in, uh, in hop hog. And uh, we are a really, really great band there. We are, we've got a bunch of great guys and great musicians. And the thing about us is that every member of this band is on the spectrum. That's why we are called Cool Spectrum. And let me tell you something. These guys are some of the best musicians you've ever seen. And they're just, it's, it's, we play shows. We play, we've played parties. We've played barbecues. You know, we're always... We're always open to, to play more gigs and, um, you know, we play a lot of rock and roll, a lot of classic rock and, and um, you know, we're trying to, we're trying to, uh, you know, get our name out there a little bit and try to do some more things, trying to get, we got to expand our social media too. I got I to start working on that, but, uh, you know, one thing at a time, but yeah, it's uh it's a really cool thing that I'm a part of. And, uh, and uh, yeah. And if, if you, if you know me on social media, I do post some clips of the, from uh, some of the things that we do too. So um, you can check that out. Before we even plug all our social medias, I want to say look out for their next single. It's called My Salsa. My Salsa, Salsa, Salsa. My Salsa makes all the pretty girls want to dance and take off their underpants. My Salsa. Hey, where'd everybody go? You know what, Michael? You know what I had the other day? Okay, what? Before I, 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 so because, you know, I've been I've just been ripping the pen. Yes. This, you know, for a while now, but... I had you no, know, you know those things where I think I said something to you the other day, and then I, I it left my mouth, and then immediately after I said it, I went, "Oh, I don't even know what I just said." <laughs> hey, and, and that's not a problem. I know you're on the pen. That's that's cool. I know you also don't do a lot of the pen at times, but you know you're still functioning. You're doing your thing. You're happy. You know, me and your sister, we like sometimes we have to get a little experimental in the bedroom. <laughs> but that's disgusting. <laughs> All right, man. All right. All right. This is another time. We'll, 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 we got more shows coming, folks. So we'll get more content. Freaking Jesus. We, so, we got to get back on our group, man. This is just, this is just all happening all at once. Yes. It's like, like a monsoon of just thoughts. Right. Okay. So <laughs> let's close this out properly, young man. Uh, let's from the social medias. So if you guys want to check out, 
Steve and Mike. Like us on Facebook. It's SNM Show Podcast and SNM Network Shows. You can follow me on Twitter at SM Show One or at MCL92. I hardly have done any pop culture shows, but if you want to take out the pop culture history podcast, it's pop underscore culture underscore pod. And you can follow me on Instagram, MLarkinMB and Larkin underscore 92. And homie, let everybody know where we can find you on the social media fronts. Um, so on tw- uh, Twitter yep. at Steve Nix SM, correct. But um, I mean, I'm hardly doing that anymore. I don't know. I don't know why, but I just haven't really been hitting that Twitter anymore. And uh, Instagram, right? It's still uh, Steve Nix Isles SM, right? Yes, it's that's still. Yep, I'll put the link in the description. Yep, you're good. And um, I'm, you know, it's just, it's, you know, it's that's just my life and, and you know the stuff that I do. And uh, yeah, we got we, you know, we got a whole bunch of. Uh, you forgot the two others. Oh, what am I, the Steven X Hockey Experience? Is that uh, Steven X Hockey Experience? Uh, he's gonna get going on soon. Oh no, the Twitter, uh, yeah. the Twitter man. Yeah, uh, it's the Twitter, which we'll be getting back up again to at, at SNHE Pod. Correct. And um, one more. What, what, which one am I missing? Isles, Isles Historical. Oh, Isles Historical. That's the Islanders history account that, uh, that I run, and also on YouTube, Islanders Pride. Um, that's that's the side stuff though. That's not really affiliated with with us, but um. In fact, we're not even affiliated with LFC either. Like we're actually we're completely independent right. um, with right. everything. So so um. Well, you got to bring up the LFC thing, man. I do this stuff for that. So for those who want to check me on that site, it's lfcfights.com. All the links will be in the description for that. We got a lot of stuff that we're doing side project than just us because it's what we do, man. It's what we do. We're talented uh-huh. some of guys. And also, you can check out stevenmikeshow.com for that. That's right. Our website. We have a website. Yes. Thank you, thank you, Mr. Larkin. Yes, thank you, Mr. Larkin. Thank you, Dan. <laughs> where you can check out all the works on SoundCloud. And now we're doing stuff on YouTube. Subscribe to my YouTube, Mike Larkin. There's going to be an SM show clips and YouTube, which you're going to be in charge of, which I appreciate you because you're helping me out a ton. Absolutely. Absolutely. So everything will be on the up and up very, very soon. And uh, there's going to be some more stuff coming soon. I think Sundays will be our days to record this. But, you know, we'll work it out. We'll work our schedules out and see how everything fluctuates. But we're going to be getting back on the grind, man. You know, you kind of you kind of stunned me with all that talk about high school. I came out of nowhere. You know, you know, I can talk about high school for hours and hours and hours. But like you never talk about it. You came out of nowhere. You start dropping names and like specific events. I'm like, where? Whoa, where the hell did that come Whoa, from? Whoa, where the fuck did that come from? <laughs> like, I'll what? come I'll never hear you say I just like I I mean we just we just need to just to talk more about that stuff. Like, like I mean that's kind of you know what it is though too. Like that's just I found because of like with my dad's friends and stuff, like that's just what you do after a while. Like yep. after a while, when you become friends with someone for so long, it just becomes more and more of Retelling the same stories over and over yeah, again, reliving the same memories over and over. Every kid, I mean, it, it, it's it's like your relationship starts to become like a recording, like you know, like it's like the same. It's, it's the same loop. It's the same loop. Tell <laughs> <laughs> what it is, and I think to end this, like that's really what our friendship has become, dude. It's like a marriage. It's a brotherhood, and it's a marriage. I really wish you didn't use that language, Mike Larkin, because no, 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 we are we are like an old man. We literally are. <laughs> we literally, it is. It's a repeat. It's a loop is what we are, but I wouldn't change it any other way. And folks, this completes episode 74 after a year long absence, long, long, long fellow deeds. After 
Where's Babe? Where the hell is where the hell is Bray? For, for Steve, my name is Mike Larkin. Thank you guys for listening to another edition of the Steve and Mike Show. We're back. We're better than ever. Got a knack for making things better. Face facts. Because your opinion don't matter. He's a maniac. He's gonna step on whoever. So that'll complete our episode. Homie, do you have another any other as always, it is wonderful to do this with you. I'm so happy that we are back at it. Um, I had a great time, as always, and I uh, appreciate you. I appreciate the viewers out there, listeners, for, for staying with us. If you, if you have uh, and you've made it this far, uh, thank you. Um, and uh, we're back. We're going to be back now. We're going to be doing our thing again. So uh, hopefully it's not too bad. So uh, we're going we're gonna to keep trying to make this thing better and as good as it could possibly be. So uh, hopefully you guys can get back on the train and get back on the ride, you know, can hop, come around the train and ride it, right, McLarkin? And ride it. Choo-choo! Well, the, train's coming, the train is coming through. Well, we're coming through. And folks, thank you for listening. We'll talk to you in the next episode, and thank you. Peace! Peace!